0: What is up? I'm Skylar. I'm Megan. And this is What the French Toast. Oh my goodness, Megan. What's up?
1: Hi, Skylar. What's it, up?
0: God, You know, I'm so good. So good to be here with you again.
1: Yeah, I'm so glad you're here. Let's go.
0: Okay, so talk to me. Catch me up on what's been going on in your life.
1: Um, just work and the day-to-day. I went on a couple dates. Uh-oh. They didn't go well. Oh, no. Well, they went fine, but they didn't have the outcome that I would have hoped they would have had.
0: What was the worst one?
1: Well, I went on a date with this guy. We went to a local, like, beer place. And while we were at our date, keep in mind, this is also the first time that we've ever met in person. That day, we matched on Hinge. We'd been messaging... And then on my way home from work, he calls me and he's like, hey, what are you doing? And I was like, oh, just on my way home from work, you know, he's like, hey, you should meet me here and we can, you know, have some beers and relax and have sure. a good time. And I was like, I mean, I don't go home that way, but <laughs> I guess I can go out swing of my by. way. Yeah. I'll swing by yeah. and I show up. He's also one significantly shorter than his profile. Said that
0: he was going to be uh, what his profile is.
1: six one, How is he? like five, nine, oh, no. easy five, nine. <laughs> And I'm I'm five eleven as I've already said before and I'll right. continue to say a million times five <laughs> eleven um, and so it's obvious like if you lie to me about your height I'm
0: gonna know I'm gonna know yeah. especially when
1: you claim to be taller than me right and you're actually sitting like <laughs> multiple inches shorter than me but whatever like I don't have an issue with it I'm not gonna not date someone because they're not tall but what really gets me is we sit down at the table and after we order. Some guy just comes up and stands at our table, and he's like, hey, man, what's up? And they apparently know each other and they're friends. Oh, wow. Right? I'm like, okay, well, that's not that abnormal. Like, someone, you see your friend in public, you might just stop by their table and say hi. As our date continues on, we have our our food, and we have our beers, and we're just chilling, talking, having a great conversation. And this guy, this friend, keeps coming back up to the table, except every time he does something a little different. So the first time he just came up and stood by the table and said, like, hey, man, they shook hands, whatever. Yeah. The second time he comes up and he sits on my date side of the booth, okay. sits, down sits down for maybe three minutes. That's weird. And then Especially he after
0: you've, like, already, hey, what's up? You've done the yeah. thing. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And
1: then they're having a the conversations, casual, and then he leaves. And then... The friend comes back and sits on my side of the table. (laughs) So now my brain is racing thinking, fuck, I'm about to get kidnapped. Something's
0: happening. Right? Like
1: they just, they roofied me or something. It's really awkward. It's really uncomfortable. My date is significantly older than me. And by significantly me, I mean he's 14 years older than me. (laughs) Okay. And this friend is easily in his 60s. Oh, no. Yes. Easy easily in his 60s and so then finally the guy leaves again after he sat on my side of the booth we all go outside to vape and smoke they smoke and everything we come back in homie comes back to the table after we already smoked with them he sits at the table on on the my date's side of the booth and is there for easily 20 minutes
0: and your date didn't say like hey buddy i'm on a date like no not the time also the whole
1: time this friend kept saying oh i know you i've met you before Like 100% you have not This is my first time meeting your friend. So I know you've never seen me before. That's so weird. So either this guy continually dates women that look like me or he's just always dating someone new. So his friend is like, I've seen you before. I've seen you. Even though he definitely never has.
0: That's crazy. Yeah. That's, that is scary. I could see where you'd be like, what the fuck is happening?
1: The friend's name was Terry. So then after, at the end of our date, which, by the way, my date randomly goes, I'll tell you why that's relevant in a second. While while his friend Terry is sitting at our table, my date randomly just, we're in the middle of a conversation, all three of us. He just randomly goes, all right, man, I got to go. Like, we're going to leave. And I was like- This is
0: Terry said that? No,
1: like my date Your said date that. Your date said that. Yeah. Okay. All right, man, we got to go. I got to head out. I got some stuff to do. And I was like, great. I wasn't done. <laughs> like, thanks for consulting me. We, we, he didn't like prepare me for this or anything. He just randomly was like, I gotta go. And I was like, okay, well, we'll probably walk out to the car and, like, you know, stand around for a few minutes vaping or something before he heads out. No. He walked me to the car. He was like, oh, it was a good time. On the way to the car, he was like, that was definitely a unique first date. And then I was like, yeah, you're right. It was a little di- different. I've never had a date like that before. And then I'm Jerk. I'm like, put it in reverse, Terry. And he doesn't get it.
0: No way. <laughs> yeah.
1: And I was like, oh, shit. He's really old. I mean, because, you know, he's 14 years older than me. Put it in reverse,
0: me. Terry. Yeah, I'm like, was... put it in reverse,
1: Terry. And he doesn't understand. That's awkward. So then I showed him the video. And yeah. then he gives me the weirdest look. Like, I'm making fun of someone who's handicapped. And I'm not making fun of anyone who has any type of disability at all. I mean, maybe, I guess you could argue that that video is. But Terry seemed like a willing participant in this video.
0: <laughs> Terry knew it was going. Yeah.
1: he He lit the firework. Himself, and so I was kind of offended that he thought I was making fun of someone who was in a wheelchair, and that's not 100 the case. I have friends who are in wheelchairs. Like I would never make fun of someone for any of type of you yeah, know, of like difference in them. And he's like, "All right,
0: no," and then
1: <laughs> and, and then he walks me to my car. He makes fun of the fact that I drive a Kia Soul.
0: But you can't make fun of Terry putting it in reverse. Yeah. Okay. Yeah.
1: He makes fun of the fact that I drive a Kia Soul, and then I we leave and go our separate ways. <laughs> And then the next day he texts me and says that the age difference is too much for him. That's funny. Yeah. Even though during the date, even though during the date he, he was like, I didn't realize you were like so much younger than me. It's not a problem for me if it's not a problem for you. And I was like, I mean, I like older guys. Like, I don't know if I've, I've never dated someone 14 years older than me, but like it was a
0: 60 year old best friend that likes to crash. Yeah.
1: And I was like, I mean, it's not a problem. Like, it's our first fucking day. It Doesn't really matter. Like, we can we can figure out the age thing on the second day. Like, let's just enjoy each other's company today, you know. But then the next day, he's he literally like texts me. I texted him good morning. Hope you have a good day. When he when he texted me back, he said you know good morning, and then he followed that with an alter with a second text message saying. I thought about it and I don't want to continue to date because the age thing is a, like the age difference is a real problem for me. That's crazy. And I, I was a little offended because honestly, we all know it wasn't the age. It was, it was Terry. It
0: was Terry. It was Terry. It's
1: not my fault that he doesn't know how to put it in reverse. <laughs> it's like,
0: not your fault that he doesn't understand what that means. Yeah, that's what
1: I mean. Like, yeah. it's not my fault that n- he didn't understand what that meant.
0: That's Okay.
1: And I hope he hears this because he knows that the podcast exists. We talked about it on our date and I hope he hears this and I hope he knows what he's talking about.
0: I hope he does. So that, that kind of, that's interesting because I had a question that I was going to ask, but maybe that's the story of your question
1: maybe. Is,
0: is what's the most uncomfortable situation that you've ever been a part of either directly or indirectly.
1: I'm always uncomfortable. Okay. So there's that, but no, I, I, I feel like that would be a, a number, like a top five for me. Okay. For sure.
0: That's fair. I have one. Do you want to hear it? Yeah, let's hear it. So this is top five. And it was just because, you know how, like, you're in situations that you didn't say anything to hurt the person's feelings, but you were a part of it. And you're sitting there like, I don't know how not to feel like an asshole right now. Yeah, I do. So <laughs> so I'm in high school.
1: Oh, this is a while ago. It a while
0: ago, but it's still, it's still, like, I'm not going to use any of the actual names of these people.
1: Oh, I do want to point out that Terry was his actual name.
0: Okay, that's fair. Damn it, so, Terry. But
1: Put it but, first, Terry. I did not know this man. I do not know this man. I would not recognize him out of a crowd if I saw him. That's so, him. and I'm pretty sure he would not recognize me because he thought he already <laughs> he thought knew me. He already
0: knew who you were. So, so I'm in high school and I'm sitting at the table, right? Uh-huh. And uh, I'm at some like some of my best friends, and you know how like high school is, right? You always sit at the same lunch table with your best friends, and that's kind of how it was. Well, there is this girl who was sitting at our lunch table, who sat at our lunch table every day, mm-hmm. and she, granted, in high school and still is very attractive, right? There is a dude in high school. You. There was not me. It was not me. This was not me. Um, No, she was like one of my best friends. So like we never dated or anything. But we were all sitting at lunch one day. We were just having a good time. We were eating lunch. We were eating whatever we had. And this dude comes up, and and like I knew this dude because I was in football, and this dude was in our like locker room. He was Uh like a lineman. He was a big guy. I mean, he was he was heavier than most. Like he was a big dude, right? Okay. So he walks up to the table. And I knew he had a crush on this girl. Because it's it's all he would talk about in the locker room. Like, oh, that girl's really cute. I'm like, yeah, it's, stop talking to me, bud. Like, I'm, not, I'm like, okay. Um, so he comes up. And it takes a lot of courage to do this. And just to a really cute girl in high school anyway. But it also takes a lot of courage to do this at a table full of her closest friends.
1: Okay. So, yeah, like for him to come up to the table. Yeah, yeah,
0: to do what he, right? So he walks up to the table. And he goes, hey, I'm not gonna use her real name, so I'll just use, let's go, let's go, Cassidy, right? Let's just say Cassidy is okay. the name of this person. So he goes, hey, Ca- Ca- Cassidy, I have, a I have a question, and and we're all like, oh no.
1: Oh, poor dude. Oh, it
0: gets so much worse.
1: That's and, cute. And
0: she goes, yeah, what's up, dude? And he goes, I, I was just kind of wondering if, if like maybe you would go out with me, and I mean. <laughs> Again, it takes a lot of courage to say that. It takes a lot of courage, right?
1: Yeah.
0: Like, you can tell he's super nervous. He's, like, stuttering on his words. He's, like, sweating a little bit. <laughs> I'm like, this man is nervous. Oh. And her response is this, and it was the most uncomfortable thing I have ever been a part of. She goes, no, sorry. I don't date guys with boobs bigger than mine. I was like, oh, my what? fucking God. I was like, no and I, i've never forgotten
1: that oh my goodness that's horrible he was so hurt well i hope that she grew up to have tiny boobs
0: <laughs> i don't know I and i hope
1: that. her husband has bigger boobs than she does
0: i hope her husband
1: i hope two. everyone she meets has bigger boobs than she does Is that's that the, fucking bitch she said, let's go <laughs> It's so unfortunate. I just wanted to hug the dude. How afterwards. rude! Yeah, I know. I mean, I know. In high school, we all said rude things, and uh, probably yeah. all said things that we would never say again as adults. You know, right? But like, that's taking it to that a whole other level. That's so yeah. shallow. I
0: agree.
1: For all she knows, he's a quarterback for the Cowboys now. Something. Or something. <laughs> like- that
0: man was Dak Prescott. Actually, actually, he actually is pretty fit now. I've seen his, uh, I've seen his, I, I, cause we're friends on Facebook, him and I, and I've seen, he's actually pretty big now. Not in like the bad way, like in like a muscle kind of way. It's yeah. pretty
1: cool. Yeah. Awesome. Well, I'm, glad it's he, probably, I'm glad it worked out okay. for him. And I hope his, his current wife or future wife is the, is, has way bigger boobs than Cassidy. Cassidy. That fucking bitch.
0: That damn it, Cassidy.
1: You ready to get started? I am. Well, let's do it.
0: Okay, so before we get started, I do want to I do want to mention something real quick. The amount of love and support that Megan and I have received from doing this podcast is actually insane. Like
1: it's, we've yeah, yeah it's it, wild, it's
0: crazy. Um, we've had a lot of you guys like email us and message us on various different like social media sites, and I just wanted to say if if those of you who are listening right now, we appreciate that so much. We love getting to talk to you guys, and we love hearing your stories and all these different things. Um, also, I'm pretty excited to to announce that like. A lot of our viewers are from different countries, right? So South Africa, Mexico, Canada. And that's been like the coolest thing in the world to see.
1: It's so weird, like wild to see other people. Like it's easy to market to people near us. Right. But to market to people from other places is just, it's insane that other people like, in other countries are hearing us. Right. You know? <laughs> Absolutely.
0: So yeah, no, yeah. Thank you guys so much for listening. Thank you guys for loving the podcast. We, we love doing it for you. We have a lot of fun every time we record these episodes. Um, and yeah, for those of you that are interested in reaching out or you want to message us.
1: Yeah. Thank, uh, thank you. You know, we want to hear from you and we want to talk to you. So please, you know, feel free to shoot us an email or comments on any of our social media Uh, DMs, whatever you want, so that we can talk to you too. We want to hear your stories. We want to hear your opinions. And you can do that, um, you know, at the end of every episode, we have our socials, but just so that way you have them here now. You can find us on Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, and Facebook at WTFT Podcast. You can also find us on Gmail at WTFTPod at gmail.com. And then, of course, you're always welcome to send emails or or comment or whatever you want. We want to hear from you 100%.
0: All right, Megan, are you ready for this topic? Yeah,
1: I'm actually ready. Okay.
0: So this, I would like to point out that this is not a topic that I initially was going to do. I was researching something completely different entirely, and then I I stumbled across this, and I liked the direction I was going in. Okay. So I switched it. I started looking at plants. (laughs) Okay. Okay. <laughs> and this is like before you skip ahead, this isn't like some boring segment about plants, I promise. Okay. You mean like
1: the chlorophyll is green? The
0: chlorophyll is green.
1: Sunflowers like the sun.
0: <laughs> skip <laughs> ahead 17 minutes and you'll be fine. Right. So I started looking up initially like plants that were harmful to you. Yeah. You know, like is there a possibility? Right. And it happens before, right? Is there a possibility that you can be perhaps like stuck in the wilderness and you see some berries and you're like, I want to eat those and oh, you die? Like that's okay. kind of like the general direction I was taking this topic initially.
1: So so you mean like not specifically like poison ivy, for example, but more like plants that may look like
0: food that can that be look edible. might look fine but right. are
1: actually really right. dangerous. You
0: know, like how to tell the difference between psychedelic shrooms and like Actual edible mushrooms in okay. case you are lost in the forest and you don't want to have a bad loop. You know what I mean? Yeah, well, Some there's also
1: poisonous stuff. mushrooms. There are, yeah, absolutely. Yeah.
0: Um, and so so that's what it started off as. But then so I'm just gonna I'm just gonna take it from there. So that being said, white snake root.
1: Okay, is never is a, heard of that.
0: It's it's weird for sure. Um, it's a plant that essentially causes a deterioration in your muscles. Ew. So, yeah, it's weird. It rots your muscles essentially, including your heart muscle. So how you die from this is it essentially rots your heart muscle. Oh, so it's it's supposed to be a super that painful. That sounds death. miserable. Right, and and what's really unfortunate about this is it usually it affects livestock. So Aww. livestock can brush up against this plant, and but the problem is is if you milk that cow that brushed up against white snake root, and you milk it, and then you drink that cow's milk, mm. you can die as a result.
1: Oh, so the cow doesn't even have to eat the so plant. So the cow doesn't even have to eat it. It just it can, can brush just up brush against up against it.
0: it. Um, and wow. actually, Mary Hanks, which Abraham Lincoln's mother.
1: What? Would
0: die from this. She would be a victim of exactly that. Um
1: she, she drank the milk of a cow though.
0: She drank the milk of a cow that wow. had brushed up against the white snake root and she passed away. Because it wow. rotted her heart. Yeah. Really unfortunate.
1: That sounds horrible.
0: Terrible. Um, and then you know, I was like, dang, that, that's just one plant, let's go to others. Well, ricin is found I've heard of that. in plants. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So ricin has been used to kill a lot of people. Um, it's a lot it's honestly been used in a lot of like attempted terrorist attacks. Yes, yeah, it's been used in like a lot of attempted terrorist attacks, both in the United States and other countries as well. For example, um, it was used to assassinate Georgi Markov in 1978. He was just a journalist who was speaking out against the Bulgarian government. And they said, fuck you, Georgi. So they killed that man with ricin.
1: <laughs> wow. Yeah. Poor Georgi. Poor guy. What a, what a guy.
0: Um, so yeah, ricin we all know about. And ricin is found in multiple different plants. For example, it's found in like a castor bean. Um, okay. And so, yeah, you know, people eat that bean, and then a couple days later, they just die. Why they die? Because they got rice and poison.
1: Is that like from eating too many castor beans?
0: Um, I'm or not sure. Like... The, I'm not sure the amount that you have to consume for it to become poison. I would assume just one.
1: Well, so are castor beans poisonous?
0: Castor beans, yes. Castor beans are poisonous.
1: Are they? I believe you. I'm just looking it up. No,
0: you're good. Go for it. I want to see what it says because I looked it up too, but I didn't just do like a general search on castor beans.
1: Oh yeah. So it looks like. Since ricin is found in castor beans, if castor beans are chewed and swallowed, the released ricin could cause injury, mm-hmm. Because, but it can also be a waste material from like the leftovers of processing castor right.
0: beans. Right, right. So,
1: interesting. Yep.
0: Crazy stuff. For those of you that have been watching You on Netflix, you've probably heard of this next I one.
1: love that show. It's a great
0: show. Um, Wolfsbane or aconite? Yeah. Right. So it's what uh, it's what love used to try and poison Joe. Um, And if you haven't seen you spoiler alert, I should have said that before. Um, But yeah, so it's a it's a poison. And it looks similar to like, uh, what's that lavender? It looks similar. It looks it's like it's the same shade, right is lavender. It's purple and, and that kind of thing. So it doesn't look so much like lavender that if you, I mean, you know, it, it. I guess it's like if you know nothing about plants and you're kind of stuck and you're like, oh, that's lavender and you ate it or something like that, it could be, it could be an issue, but I don't think it looks enough. You know what I mean? It doesn't look enough yeah. like lavender for you to be like, that's lavender and it's not, you know what I mean? But yeah, so Wolfsbane or Aconite, um, that is a poison that causes, it's a fast acting poison that causes nausea, vomiting, breathing problems, heart problems, and of course, death by essentially slowing your heart rate down to nothing.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So, yeah, you don't want to eat aconite if you're in the middle of the forest and you think it looks like uh, lavender or some other nice. Because, I mean, you know.
1: I feel like you wouldn't want to eat lavender either. Lavender. I mean, I don't know what lavender can do, but.
0: So it's probably healthier for you than this one.
1: Yeah. <laughs> it's probably better than, than wolfsbane. You eat, but... ac-
0: you, you eat aconite. You eat lavender. It kind of calms your anxiety. You eat wolfsbane and you don't have anxiety anymore. But it's not, <laughs> it's not the reason you were trying to treat it. <laughs> and then the next one I was looking at is a rosary pea rosary pea it looks kind of like a cranberry like a okay. little small cranberry. yeah i've never
1: heard of it before
0: um highly toxic plant it can kill you if ingested so this plant contains a toxin known as abrin um abrin is actually really similar to ricin in many ways and how it kills you so it you know it's a poison it can kill you it's used it's been used in assassination attempts as well abrin has but yeah rosary pea abrin don't eat those it looks like a berry, like kind of what I was talking about, that's kind of what made me on the search is it looks like a berry. So if you're walking through the forest, and you're like, mm-hmm. that looks good. You really got to know your stuff before you just start chewing on things. And then I saw something. And then when I started looking at these topics, or looking at these poisons, looking at these plants, I realized that yes, these plants are absolutely terrible for you. And all of them can and will most likely kill you. But also, they're phenomenal for you. For example, White snake root killed uh, Mary Hanks, Abraham Lincoln's mother, by essentially rotting her heart muscle. Yes, if you ingest this plant or somehow get this plant on you, Mm -hmm. it will kill you. But the root of the plant is used in teas to help get rid of diarrhea, kidney stones, and fever.
1: Interesting. Yeah,
0: Ricin, obviously, has been used to kill people in multiple assassination attempts, including young old Georgie. Unfortunate man. Yeah. God rest his soul. But the compounds of ricin have been reported to exhibit anticonceptic, anti-diabetic, and for anti-fertility, anti-inflammatory, antimicrobial, antimicrobial, and it has wound healing activities. Okay. Yeah.
1: So, like in certain concentrations, it could actually be okay, like it safe. Could. Yeah. It could help it you. It could actually
0: be good for you. Um, and then Wolfsbane, or aconite, which is again, spoiler alert, what uh, Love uses to try and kill Joe in you on Netflix. I guess I don't need to keep explaining that. But the extracts of aconite are used orally to help reduce colds, pneumonia, laryngitis, used for pain, used for asthma, used for inflammation and high blood pressure. It's also used as a diuretic to cause sweating and it helps with digestion. Also, it is used in sedation to slow your
1: heart rate. So basically, it could be good in some concentrations, but that's not to say, hey, Go eat some, or only eat a little bit of the wolf's wolfsbane that you found.
0: Don't eat wolfsbane. At just all. don't. Yeah, just don't. But
1: <laughs> in some situations, professional like medicine people,
0: <laughs> professional medicine people.
1: Well, I don't know if it's like doctors or if it's like you know, like the medicine man, sure, or yeah, you know yeah. what I'm saying. People that
0: do this for I way. don't yeah.
1: know if it's what, like, what context. But there are they professional can, people yeah. who have the knowledge
0: and the ability and the
1: ability to to change the concentration of these.
0: Yeah, to extract certain yeah. parts of these plants and create something beneficial to human yeah. Yeah, health. Yeah, so for just, sure.
1: Like, don't be eating shit.
0: Like, yeah, yeah. But it's to say
1: <laughs> it's possible that those specific plants <laughs> might be able to help you instead of harm you.
0: Yes, don't <laughs> find these plants and be like, they help me. No, they'll kill you too. Don't do that. Yeah. Don't eat these plants. Um, Rosary pea. Again, highly toxic plant. It can kill you if ingested. It contains toxins very similar to... Uh, ricin they're known as abrin but the rosary pea can be used to treat paralysis and abrin can be used as a treatment to kill cancer cells it should
1: interesting yeah, it should
0: also be noted that uh the rosary pea is used as an aphrodisiac all right but yeah so there's kind of a ying and a yang
1: i just for totally me. hit that whole fucking table
0: <laughs> but yeah so there's also, so yes, there's a lot of bad to these plants, but there's also good to these plants. And then it took me down this whole ass little rabbit hole of, is there any ying and a yang for everything? So this next one, and it's, it's interesting that you said something about this earlier because it's my next topic. So poison ivy, Megan, mm-hmm. for those of you that don't know what poison ivy is, because I don't, yeah, I don't think everybody has poison, ivy. like not every country has poison ivy, not Alaska. I don't well, think maybe. I don't know. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, I don't
1: know. They have a lot of forests and stuff.
0: That's true. They probably do have poison ivy there, but yeah. Only poison... in the summer, though. That's. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, poison ivy is a plant that essentially has like a chemical on it that if it touches you or you know rubs up against your leg or something like that or your arm, it essentially will just cause I would call it a rash. Maybe you know like it, the inflammation and swelling and irritation of the affected area, and you have to scrub it and it's painful and it's itchy and it's just never a good
1: time.
0: Mm. Um, some people have a pretty decent tolerance built up to poison ivy be that their genes or whatever the case is that can't get poison ivy or that it's really, it's harder for them to get poison ivy.
1: Well, is it like that they can't get it or is it more of like some people are more allergic than other people? I
0: think, I, I don't know. I think it's like for me, for example, whenever I was growing up, I remember my dad would, we had, we had like a ranch uh-huh. and my dad would, well, my dad, we didn't own the ranch. My dad worked for somebody that owned a ranch. And so he would go out and he would, um, He'd like work out, you know, in this ranch, he'd be doing stuff all day. And then throughout the day, poison ivy would rebel against his jeans and stuff like that. And he'd, take off his pants and like throw it in the laundry and then later on we lived in like the household where my mom did laundry for everybody mm-hmm. and you know so like nobody did their own laundry not until we got older so my mom would pick out this uh pick his take his pants out of like the, the like the laundry basket and throw it in and then she would end up getting poison ivy because mm-hmm. it was like all over his pants and everything and then my mom would go touch something else and then my sisters would get it and all this and then so everybody in the house would usually end up getting poison ivy i never did and i also went to work with my dad on the ranch multiple times and I never did end up getting poison ivy and I touched it like I had a leaf stuck in my shoe and I took it off and I was like swapping it from hand to hand and I never got poison ivy once.
1: interesting yeah I know I've never had poison ivy um because I don't go outside but my mom is like super allergic to poison ivy like really like her throat swells and Ooh. like, like she can't even really be near it. Like that's not good. My uncle, my uncle just bought a house near us and, um, he moved from California to Texas. He's nice. one of, he's one of those people. He's one of those <laughs> um, But anyways, he, his yard has poison ivy apparently. Okay. And my mom didn't know that. And she was like, before he moved, my mom and my stepdad were helping him. Yeah. Like look at their property, look at the property and stuff because he was in California. Sure. And my mom had climbed the fence and there was poison ivy in his backyard. And fortunately that day wasn't like a bad like pollen day, you know, but if it had, she could have gotten really, it could have been very dangerous for her. She's like super allergic to it. Like she could touch it with the tip of her pinky and and it would be like a major problem. Or like if she breathes it in, it could be a really major problem. So I guess maybe it is just a, a, like each person is, has a different like, allergy Toleration like some it, people yeah. are more allergic versus some people are just not allergic. sure yeah most definitely
0: know? most definitely um but yeah so poison ivy sucks it grows in certain areas what a lot of people don't know is that typically right next to a poison ivy plant is a plant called jewelweed if you get poison ivy on you cool that sucks and mm-hmm. you're, you're fucked right but if you take this jewelweed and you take a branch, like you take a leaf off of this jewelweed mm-hmm. plant and you rub it on the area that poison ivy touched, it removes the chemicals of the poison ivy from your skin, wow. keeping you from getting the poison ivy. Wow. So again, so, like a yin and yang type of thing.
1: Like literally the plant that can kind of cure you of poison ivy is typically right next right to... Right next to poison ivy. Do they look similar?
0: I don't know.
1: Interesting. I didn't look I, at any pictures. I don't know what poison ivy looks like. I just know like rules of three or leaves of three, leave them be is that a thing? I think so. Yeah. I
0: need to learn more about nature.
1: But I, I don't know what that means. Like sure. three leaves or like a leaf that has three points on it. Because like I've thought about that when I look at leaves sometimes. And yeah. I feel like a lot of leaves have three something. Sure. Something. something. <laughs> As you can tell, I don't go outside. <laughs> when I look at leaves sometimes, I've thought about.
0: I've thought about this. I The only thing that I do is like with the whole little saying type of thing to it is if it's a Ah, what is it? It's about the snakes. If it's, uh, if red touches yellow, you're a dead fellow.
1: Yeah, I, I was taught that whenever I was in elementary school as well. Um,
0: there's another one, like if red touches black, you're, you're okay, Jack, or something like that. Yeah. But every time I see one of those snakes at like a zoo or something, I think to myself, if red touches yellow, you're a dead fellow. If I have, if that was a situation in real life to where I'm like, I see this snake and I'm like, if red touches yellow, I'm fucked. I'm dead. See, he bit that's me the thing already. too
1: When I was a kid, of course, growing up in Texas, we have snakes around here and most of them are the ones that we do have. A lot of them are venomous. Yeah. So they tried to teach us different ways to identify snakes. I'm sure I could have paid attention better when I was a kid as well. But here's the thing. If I'm close enough to the snake to see if it's got yellow touching red or black touching red or whatever, or if its if its head is diamond shaped versus squared or <laughs> yeah. whatever the hell, I'm too damn close. I'm too close to the snake. It is too late. Yeah. You're gonna I don't die. need to know. I, I don't need to identify what type of snake it is. Because as soon as it looks at me, I'm going to die of a heart attack anyway. It's just
0: over for Like, you. it doesn't
1: matter. It could literally be a garter snake and I would be like, fuck this. That's the only funny. type of rhyme I remember is, what is it? Liquor before beer, all clear. Beer before liquor, never sicker.
0: That's a good one. That's just good life advice. <laughs> I, will, I will
1: always cite myself, like, cite that to myself whenever That's I'm funny. drinking. <laughs>
0: Another one. Are you ready for this next yeah. one? It's the stinging nettle. So a stinging nettle is a plant with little fine hairs on it.
1: I feel like I've heard of that before.
0: Yeah. It's pretty common, especially like in the UK. Well, okay. it's, it's yeah, it's been talked about a lot, um, but yeah, it's got little fine hairs on it and they can sting you. Uh, and there it's, it's said to say, it's been said that the stings are like essentially adequate of the sting of a jellyfish, right? Oh gosh. So yeah, it sucked to get stung by a stinging nettle. But, can you pee on it? Um, I would not have, I don't know. I just don't think that, that...
1: you can pee on a jellyfish sting.
0: <laughs> yeah, it, re- it removes like the sting from it, right? Yeah, that's what they say. I've never. I've been stung by jellyfish, but I've never peed on it. But yeah, there's a plant right next to it, and it has these things called dock leaves on the plant, usually right near the stinging nettles that will completely, essentially, will remove the pain from oh. the sting of the stinging nettle.
1: You said they're dock needles? Dock leaves. Dock leaves. Dock
0: leaves, yeah. They will remove the pain of a stinging nose. Interesting. Yeah. Um, there's a tree in Canada. There are two trees right next to each other. One tree is god-awful for you, right? So if you just get trigger-happy and take a chainsaw and you start cutting into one of these trees, and it gets the tree acid on you, the tree acid will burn through your skin. Um. The tree, the, the acid is extremely toxic. It's just not a healthy tree for you, right? Well,
1: yeah, if it's going to burn <laughs> through your it, fucking it'll hurt skin. You. It'll hurt
0: you. Um, the only known cure to this tree is in the tree that grows right next to it.
1: Interesting. Is it the sap from that other tree that cures mm-hmm. the sap from the, the sap first from tree? sap from tree, yeah. Interesting.
0: Yeah.
1: yeah. So, That's wild. So
0: a bunch of the yings, a bunch of, a bunch of yings and yangs. That's kind of interesting, right? Because there's so much good in these plants and they can also just completely mess you up as well. Yeah. It's crazy. Um, So that kind of got me down this other rabbit hole of like how many more? So there's this plant called Piclitaxel. It was a plant discovered by an American botanist who was hired in 1962 to go to Washington State and collect bark from the Pacific yew tree. Uh, And this was a project given to him from the national cancer Institute is part of a study in where they were testing that and thousands of other plants for anti-cancer activity. Interesting. Um, a couple of years later, they would discover the extracts of the specific yew tree were toxic to human cells. But in 1979, Dr. Susan Horowitz realized that the piclitaxel stops cancer cell growth by stopping the cell division. So yes, it is absolutely terrible to your cells because it stops cell division unless those cells contain cancer. And then it's That's a completely good, good for the cells because you want to stop cell division. And that currently that plant, uh, or that, that, yeah, piclitaxel is now used in chemotherapy.
1: Interesting. Yeah. So it is good for you. So that one's less of a yin and yang and more just like this plant will hurt you.
0: This plant will hurt you unless, unless you, you have cancer
1: unless you have like and specific then it's good for you. things that you needs to treat right.
0: and this has been going on for a long time it's 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 consistently crazy to me how and I'm sure I personally will have a topic about this at some point in the future soon because this blows my mind. but uh Egyptians, right? Egyptians have been said to be, An advanced civilization and so yeah it continues to blow my mind because they've used they've discovered so many more things than we have and i feel like we have more technology for example aspirin is one of them aspirin gets its roots from ancient medicines from the willow tree that egyptians mention using both willow and myrtle to treat pain and fever even back in the egyptian days and that's where aspirin gets its root from 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 maybe i'm just
1: uncultured but i guess i didn't realize there were trees in egypt (laughs)
0: <laughs> that's actually that's a good point. Yeah, I didn't either. But yeah, it's crazy.
1: Well, unless the willow—I mean, I—I I assume that's a tree, right? Like, cause there's like the weeping willow, which I know that's probably not the tree that you're talking about, but like. I assume it's because there's a weeping willow, right, that looks like it's weeping, and then there's a regular willow that doesn't look like it's weeping. That doesn't, yeah, I'm
0: not sure. (laughs) I probably should have looked that up before I studied this, huh?
1: Wow, I'm an idiot.
0: I mean, and then, of course, like cannabis, we all know cannabis has helped uh, with a lot of things. We hear about it all the time, but cannabis, if you didn't know, is uh, used to help with epilepsy, nausea, vomiting, and it's also used in chemotherapy, Uh, and it's also used to help deal with the loss of appetite that is associated with chemotherapy. And it's also used to help treat weight loss associated with HIV and AIDS and a thousand more things. Wow. Yeah.
1: So get a medical card, folks. So
0: get a medical card, folks.
1: If that's what you have to do. <laughs> some states it's legal recreationally, but right. if it's not, make sure you follow the protocols to stay legal. Right.
0: right. Um, mushrooms. Mushrooms are an anti-inflammatory, theoretically. Uh, could be helped with uh, headaches, right? If you have a headache, boom. Take like some mushrooms. Yeah, like migraines. Fuck. I'm they... about to eat
1: some I'm going to eat some mushrooms, eat some
0: shrooms, baby. Uh, and, and, and mushrooms have anti-cancer effects associated Interesting. with, it. uh, peppermint is used to kill microbes that are in the water from the streams that help with a lot of hikers. Uh, and they also helps to soothe pain and sore throat associated with cough and colds. Lavender has been, the scent helps with anxiety and depression. And it's also been known to help people sleep.
1: Oh, I hate lavender.
0: And th- those are, those are my things, right? I'm sure there are a thousand more plants out there that have yings and yangs. I'm oh, sure millions. there are a thousand. Yeah. I'm sure yeah. that there are a ton. Um, again, kind of going back to it what essentially, essentially, like, what initially made me interested in this, this topic was, you know, my dad believed that there was a, there's a cure to every sickness or, or thing that yeah. kills us. And he believed that it was, you know, hidden somewhere deep in like the rainforest or some crazy thing like that. Yeah. Uh, and again, you know, I grew up hearing that I didn't really think about it too much. And then seeing these, it also just kind of blew my mind. Because again, we've ricin, you've got Wolfsbane, and you've got all these different things. And ricin will kill you, but the compounds of ricin can help you with other big issues, right? So what if there's another plant out there that has a compound or an extract from it that you can drink and it keeps you from dying of ricin poisoning or... Yeah, like an
1: an antidote for those. Yeah, Mm -hmm.
0: crazy, right? Because with wolfsbane, aconite, the cure, a cure, it's not, I guess, 100% effective, but a cure is adrenaline.
1: Oh, like a treatment like for like a it. treatment for mm. it and plant
0: there are plants that contain like adrenaline
1: mm-hmm. like epinephrine yeah
0: right there are plants that contain that so it's interesting
1: yeah that's really interesting i would have never considered that there are plants that can like have like, like i always knew about poison ivy mm-hmm. but i definitely never knew about what did you jewelweed
0: jewelweed yeah
1: jewelweed yeah like i've never heard of that yeah. in my life
0: it's crazy it's absolutely insane
1: well, I know that you talked about plants and, you know, like, but, like, is it my turn now? Uh,
0: it is, yes. <laughs> okay. you, it is
1: your turn. All right. So, um, I just want to preface my story or my topic with a trigger warning.
0: Because that's that's how all your stories start, Megan. Let's yeah. preface those with trigger warnings. Yours
1: end with questions. Mine start with, with trigger, trigger warnings.
0: Trigger warnings. That's good. Uh, I like it
1: not to make light. Um, I understand that everyone has different life experiences and certain things might be triggering. Again, this topic is going to talk, going to cover stalking, family violence, murder, and just in general, you know, other triggering topics that might be, you know, I just want to warn you basically. So if you don't want to hear it, that's totally fine. I totally understand. I will not be offended or my feelings will not be hurt. I don't want to hurt your feelings either. So, um, we'll catch you next week. This is a longer episode. So, uh,
0: so I'm only doing two topics we're only,
1: time. yeah, we're only doing two topics this week because they're longer. So again, please, we'll see you next week. Um, we and love you.
0: Yeah, again, um, if you if you choose not to listen to the rest of the episode, seriously, uh, we love you guys. We appreciate your support as always, and uh, yeah, look forward to hearing from you guys next week.
1: Yeah, but if you do want to listen, let's get started. It's my turn. Are you ready?
0: I'm so ready. Baby.
1: Okay, so. Recently one of my hyperfixations has been this show on Netflix and by recently I mean like yesterday and I also finished it in one day, all like eight okay. episodes. So um it's called <laughs> I Am a Stalker. It's on I've, Netflix. I've heard
0: about that. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And essentially the show just goes into detail of stalking cases. But the interesting part of it is it's not like just from the victim or the survivor's perspective. It's from the stalker's perspective as well. They, like, okay. visit some of these people in prison and try to get their perspective of why they might have done this or, like, what was going on in their head whenever they were they were stalking these people. And it was just pretty wild to me. Yeah. Now, to follow that up, one of my coworkers, you know, because I work with, like, survivors of sexual violence and that type of thing, one of my coworkers, or one of my board members, rather, she did a live video about stock, National Stocking Awareness Month. Okay. So, like, a few days after I finished this show.
0: There's a National Stocking Awareness
1: Month? Yeah, That's January. Cool.
0: Is it? Oh. Yeah. Okay.
1: January. So, this month? Is January this year, specifically, 2023, marks the 19th annual oh, National wow. Stocking Awareness Month. But, essentially, she was just kind of going into depth about, like, what, what stalking is, what it can be sure. considered, and just kind of... Making, spreading awareness, basically. Yeah, of course. And just to, because stalking is apparently a bigger thing than some of us have realized. And mm. I think nowadays with modern age technology, it's become even more common than sure. what we might be aware of. But it was just really bizarre to me that these things like, like, and then even then we had a case at work with there was stalking involved and like all of these things. And apparently stalking has just really been a part of my life recently. Huh. It's not something that I normally deal with or, or hear about, Right. so I really just felt like kind of like the universe was calling me to tell, sure. like for Something me to, about this. Yeah. to, yeah, to talk about it, spread some awareness, and since it is National Stalking Awareness Month, I just wanted to share some statistics about stalking, and maybe we can talk about some interesting stories from the show, and yeah, absolutely. get your input, and kind of see how things go, so, I love it. As far as from a legal standpoint, like from the law, stalking is defined very differently depending on what state that you're in. So it really depends on where you're from and what that state, you know, legislation is. Sure. But from the Stalking Prevention Awareness and Resource Center, or SPARC, their, their definition of stalking is that it's a pattern of behavior directed at a specific person that would cause a reasonable person to, for, you know, to fear for that person's safety or the safety of others, or just it, offer, it you know, causes them to suffer substantial emotional distress. Um, so really, it can, it's a pretty vague description of Sure, it. yeah. I mean, basically, it's saying if, if someone has a pattern of behavior that's causing that specific person to be uncomfortable... Or be, not uncomfortable, but be scared or in emotional, you know, that duress. It could be
0: summed up as stalking.
1: It could be summed up as stalking. Yeah. Now, again, this is from a standpoint of, like, an organization that works to prevent stalking and spread awareness. Right. Not a legal standpoint. Okay. Every state has different laws. Their website and a couple of other websites go into detail about, you know, the specific legislation. But it's all... Like in legalese, you know, like right. I was going to try to find some of it just to explain it, but it really doesn't make sense. Like I'm not a lawyer. Sure. So maybe to someone who's been to law school, or like would make more sense. it would make more sense or like police or, you know, that type of thing. But it's, it really just like made no sense to me. Sure. Okay. So few statistics in regard to start in regard to stocking, um, apparently in regard to start. Now this is all from, um, Sparks website or stockingawareness.org. One in three women and one in six men will experience stalking in that's their
0: actually lifetime. Pretty those are that's a that's a pretty reoccurring odd. That's not great.
1: I mean it's really a high number. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. I mean, there's three women in my house right now.
0: That's true. One
1: of us will have experienced stalking at some point in our life.
0: Yeah, that's that's unfortunate. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, um Yeah, that's really unfortunate actually. I've never that's crazy.
1: Yeah. According to Spark, again, research shows that members of the LGBTQ plus community are more likely than heterosexual and cisgender individuals to experience stalking, which is kind of interesting as well. Um, I'm not sure. They have a lot of information on their website and it didn't really specify um, why that would be the case. I'm assuming because it's a marginalized, you know, section of, you know, the population and it's harder for them to speak out which is unfair Sure, you know why that's the case but it does show that again members of, of the LGBTQ plus community would be more likely to experience that yeah. uh, which is unfortunate unfortunate for all involved doesn't matter what part of a, what community Almost you're part yeah. of um, no one should be made to feel that they're being watched or followed or unsafe or scared now um, 48% of teens ages 12 to 18 that have dating experience no. um were also stalked at some point That's... in their lifetime. Oh, now some of the infographics that I watched showed that in fact younger people are more likely to be stalked than older people. Um I didn't take a note of those statistics, but it was still, you know, a younger crowd, a younger age, um, including teens are more likely to be stalked. And again, I think that has to do with the fact that they're young and less likely to know what to do or how to handle the situation. Um, But to follow that, apparently 11% of stalking cases last longer than five years. Wow. 11%. Now.
0: So that's, wow. Yeah. That's insane. That's just, that's, that's dumb to live in fear for five fucking years or or
1: longer cuz that's greater than 5 years that's... they last longer than 5 years God, now suck. to follow that also thir- nearly 13 and a half million people are stocked in a 1 year period in the United States 13 and a half million people that is i don't know the exact population but that's more than the amount of people in Dallas
0: for you said they're stocked within a 1 year period
1: yes like like if we took a year just one year and counted how many people have been stalked 13 and a half million. Now, keeping in mind also, these are only the people that are telling their story,
0: right? Oh yeah. You know, there are so I imagine
1: that these numbers are even higher. All of them, Yeah. you know, the percentage of teens that have been stalked, the number of women and men that are being stalked, um, how long cases are lasting. Because again, these are people that are telling their story because honestly, when you hear it on TV, like, hear oh he I was stalked for five years and the police never did anything and there's a lot to that there's reasons for that yeah, I was about not to say just it. positive like positive and negative reasons sure. apparently also one in seven stalking victims relocate during the time that they're being stalked so they're forced to move from wherever they're living currently to somewhere else
0: because they're to being be stalked to feel so safer
1: much. you know to feel safer to be safer Wow yeah
0: <clears throat> Wow.
1: Wow, 40% of stalking offenders are either current or former intimate partners. So 40% of people that are stalking other people, these are people that they have dated, loved, been married to, Hmm. been intimate with in some way. Jesus. So it's like your ex-boyfriend can't, you know, let go. And he just follows you around for apparently in 11% of the cases, at least five years.
0: That's insane. Which, what was the percentage, did you say? of, f- For what? The, how, how? When it was like current or
1: former. 40% of offenders 40%. are current or former intimate so partners. So still
0: over half are complete strangers.
1: Well, there, the infographic that I got that from goes into a little bit more detail because complete stranger in like the law's eyes is defined differently than like an acquaintance. So an acquaintance could be someone you had a class with or someone you work with, maybe, like, somebody, who works in a different department. Somebody that
0: COVID tested you so one time.
1: Y- uh, yeah. You, they might be a stranger to you because you've never talked to them, but you've passed them in the hallway at school or right. something like that. A stranger would be, literally, they saw you on the street. You've never seen mm. them before, ever, never had any interaction with them. They know you. Right. You know, which is a percentage. I mean, there's still 60% of offenders that need to be count- accounted for, but I didn't. It 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 blew my fucking mind that forty percent of stalking offenders are someone's current or former partner. That's insane. Like,
0: yeah, that's insane.
1: I just it it just was it was mind blowing. This entire like topic was mind blowing to me. Um, Another fact about offenders: one in three stalkers have stalked before.
0: It kind of goes back to that, right? If I can't have you, nobody can mentality, which is just yeah. so fucking controlling and unhealthy and it's, oh god, that's annoying. Yeah. That's, dude, people fucking suck.
1: I mean, there's so many factors that go into, I'm 100% not trying to show sympathy for the offenders, of course. but there's so many factors that go into why someone would offend. Some of it can be something as simple as a trust issue and some of it can be so deeply rooted into their psyche they have it's like they're almost compelled to do this and they have no choice but to
0: i guess that's fair because whenever i think i'm stalking or whenever i think i'm whenever i think of stalking (laughs) i think of over the top following me following you around in their car you know i guess with the intent of causing at least some form of harm sure i you know i guess it's it's true to say as well and again again not that this is good or healthy or that anybody should be doing not
1: justifying somebody's actions. not justifying any
0: actions whatsoever because it's it's completely terrible regardless of the reason it's fucked up it could be something as simple of it could be something as simple as installing like one of those find my friends apps or something on your Mm -hmm. on like your partner's phone
1: and we're gonna talk about that and then
0: yeah and then just saying where they at or placing an air tag in their car i've heard of that actually somebody like put an air tag in their wife's car or something like that and was like where's she at? Cause she didn't, that's, that's,
1: well, that's why I was saying with modern technology, it might almost be a little bit easier. Yeah. Um, and so that's what, what I was going to talk about next. Common stalking behaviors can consist of pretty much anything because the, obviously the definition of stalking is a little bit broad, but the idea is that if someone is pursuing you in a way that makes you feel scared and unsafe, it's stalking. Mm-hmm. And those behaviors can be anything from like, this is not an all-inclusive list. So if you're listening and this applies to you, there'll be some more information in a little while about things that you can do if you think that you're being stalked. That's good. But also, maybe you are and don't realize it. Right. Um, right. Because that happens, you know?
0: It does, yeah. Um, more than so you think.
1: So common stalking behaviors can include things like repeated calls. Which does not mean that debt collectors are stalking you. It just means that someone who is calling you multiple times, could it could be considered stalking in a, very, in a sense of when you've asked them to stop and they're not. Um, repeated text messages, emails, or even posts on social media. So it, it doesn't go from, it goes from just, you know, like in-person, old school, this person's following me or reaching out, like constantly calling me to now they're like cyber stalking. Right. Um, If they're following the survivor or showing up wherever they are, like, you know, near your home, your work, your school, or other places that you go, like with your friends, there just always seems to be that same person, you know, in the crowd without even really having been invited. Yeah. Um, Using technology to track or find out or even share personal information about the victims, like hacking into your email um, key loggers, you know, all those sorts of like technological things that someone can do. And then of course, like threatening to hurt someone, um, or the person that they care about. So, um, we talked about how some people share that they feel like I've been stalked for five years. The police aren't doing anything. Law enforcement isn't helping. This person's still, you know, making me feel unsafe. Mm -hmm. Stalking is a crime in all fifty states at this point. Yeah,
0: no, that's good. Um,
1: but less than one third of the fifty states classify stalking as a felony if it's a first offense.
0: Wow, that's good. No, that's bad. Is a felony? They if it's a don't. First of, oh, they oh. don't. Yeah. Okay, I thought less okay, than I one see.
1: third of the states even consider it a felony if it's a first offense. Oh, okay. so I understand, I understand like that. what, fifteen? states think will think of it as a felony the rest of them are like oh it's your first time all right
0: slap on the wrist move on try not to do it again okay well it it, it's like listening to i don't know if you've watched uh how to catch a predator or whatever but chris hansen like what those fuck those get me every time because if you listen for long enough they'll they'll And not that this is necessarily stalking, even though it could potentially turn into it, but they'll try and pursue relationships with underage kids and get five, six years in jail. That's, what the fuck?
1: Sex crimes, sex crimes and like stalking, which I consider a sex crime in itself. Maybe that's not correct, but with the line of work that I do, I feel like it kind of is rooted in something sexual, you know, but like sex crimes, like, I feel like they don't ever receive the punishment that they should for those cases. I mean, sexual assault, if it ever even goes to court, you know what I'm saying? It doesn't even have a very, it usually doesn't have a long sentence at least for first time offenders. And, and that's the thing is stalking (laughs) sex crimes of any kind. If it started once, it can happen again. Of course. And I know it feels shitty to take someone's like, like, maybe they made a mistake. You know what I'm saying? Like, you want to have the benefit of the doubt that not every fucking person sucks. Sure. But like, it, maybe they don't yeah. suck, but maybe they do. Maybe they
0: do. And, and honestly, let's be real, most likely they do.
1: Like, people fucking suck. Yeah. So you have, to, you, you have to understand that, especially if they did it once and got off for it, like mm. literally didn't even get into very much trouble, why wouldn't they do it again? Yeah. Why wouldn't they continue to harm people? Because they just can't. They know that they're not going to get in trouble for it.
0: You got another five years. That's not. Yeah. Yeah, No, it's, it's dumb. And cause you hear about it all the time. And even, even watching these cases, right. With Chris Hansen and how to catch a predator and all these different things. Dog, they fucking go back and do it again. Nine times out of 10, they're released from prison or they're released from jail and they go back and they do it again.
1: Yeah. I mean, I don't know the statistics for repeat offenders, but I, I I agree. A lot of people who commit violent crimes do it again, come right back out and do it again. For whatever reason. Maybe you're Charles Manson and you realize, fuck, prison is so much easier than real life. Yeah. Or maybe you're just a bad fucking person.
0: You get free meals and shit. You know? I mean, not like, not to say that prison's a good place to be, but...
1: For some people, it is the best yeah. place to be. Whether awesome. they're bad people or maybe they don't have, like, if they're experiencing homelessness or something like that. Like, maybe yeah. that's the safest place they can be. You know what I mean? But, like, still...
0: It's a scary thought when the punishment.
1: Is the safe yeah.
0: Is there safe? That's a
1: whole nother topic for a whole nother Oh my god. That's a podcast in itself. That's a
0: whole podcast, yeah. Uh,
1: But because a lot of state laws don't take it seriously or a lot of state judicial systems don't take it seriously, um, it leaves stalking victims without a lot of protection. Like like protection like other survivors of violent crimes would receive. We're gonna talk a little bit about some stories from the show.
0: (laughs) Okay. Um
1: the first one. Is Daniel Thompson. That's the stalker, and he fucking sucks. I'm not quoting any notes. This is from memory. So if I get facts wrong, I okay. get facts wrong. Sure. But if they didn't want me to talk about it, they shouldn't have put it on TV. Okay. Um, essentially, Daniel Thompson apparently has some sort of social disorder where he isn't able to kind of like interact with other people in, this, in the same way that maybe other people are inter- able to interact with each other. I don't remember the name of it, so I'm not even going to try to pretend that I remember it, but it's the way he described it reminded me of something that might be on the spectrum in some way, but it wasn't something I'd ever heard of before. He meets a woman, they get married, they have a baby together, and things turn, turn wrong. When things turn wrong, he, you know, becomes physically abusive and they, you know, break up. Okay. But he doesn't break up with her. She breaks up with him and he continues to pursue her. Okay. So again, this show shows perspective from the survivor and from the perpetrator. And she's telling these stories about how after they had divorced or broken up, I don't know if they were divorced or not, but they weren't together anymore. After they separated, she began dating someone else. Sure. And one night they were in their apartment. The person
0: she was dating. Yes. The new
1: boyfriend and the survivor. I cannot remember her name. Sure. They're dating. They're in their apartment. They're watching a movie. The kids are asleep. And... They hear a noise and they look up and they see Daniel's shoulder like around the corner, like in the shadows.
0: In the house. In their house. Ooh.
1: In their fucking house. Ooh. So, of course, she grabs her cell phone. This is like, I think, early 2000s. God,
0: that's fucking creepy.
1: Um, she grabs her cell phone and I guess when she flips it open, he hears and he makes a run for it. Out of the house. Out of the house. Okay. She calls the police and the police show up. They do a search of her house. He's not in the home. Uh-huh. But what they do find in her basement is a bag, and in that bag is rope and other, like, mm. like a kill kit, basically. Mm. Mm. And what they also find is that one of the butcher knives from her butcher knife block on her counter in her kitchen, where he was standing when they saw him, like, where they saw his shoulder, like, around the corner, was missing.
0: So, he was planning on doing something, if not to her, to him.
1: Something. Now, if you ask Daniel, from his side of the story, it sounded like he had broken in because he was jealous that his his wife, or the person he loved, had found a new partner, and he was just there because he wanted to remind her how much he loved her.
0: But then, buddy.
1: But okay. then, why the fuck did you bring yeah rope and duct tape and a bag and steal a knife out of her fucking counter? But then,
0: buddy, yeah, there are things that just don't add up there. Yeah. What the fuck? Yeah.
1: So... Because he stole the knife out of her house, he got charged with robbery. Good. And he went to prison for eight years.
0: Just with robbery, Just not with breaking robbery. and entering, not yeah. n-
1: not breaking and entering, not stalking. Now again, this is not every single detail, but between the time he broke in to before since they had divorced, he had been physically and emotionally abusive to his wife. Mm. He had been calling her repeatedly, showing up at her house, following her to and from work, calling her work. Mm-hmm. Like, repeatedly. I mean, actually, you know, showing these obsessive stalking sure. behaviors. He goes to prison. He gets out of prison. I think it was eight years, but it might have been. I'm not sure. He meets someone new. He starts dating her. Things are going great.
0: <laughs> she shows up at his house.
1: Um. Except they are going great until they aren't. And sure. they break up. Okay. Okay. Well, when they break up, she begins to date someone new.
0: Oh, no. Not again? Um,
1: Before she began to date someone new, he had again been following her, showing up at her work, sitting outside of her home, calling, um, sure, texting, but I don't know if texting was... I don't know if it was (sighs) what part of the 2000s it was. Sure. One night, he breaks into her home. When he does that, he kills her new boyfriend. Mm, Yep. And tries to kill his ex-girlfriend, you know? And... He is now in prison again. Yeah, good. Um, for murdering this young man who was. Ha- did nothing wrong. You know what ass, I mean?
0: Yeah. My man was just innocent trying to date somebody and got killed for it. That's insane. Yeah.
1: That's, so,
0: golly, dude. And yeah, but then, yeah, okay. I was just jealous. Yeah, but you had a knife and you killed somebody else later. Jealous yeah. my ass. Shut the fuck up. All oh, that
1: piss. I just me loved off. her so much. I wanted her to be with yeah. me. So I broke fuck into me. her house and killed her new boyfriend. Yeah. Fuck off, dude. So then. During his interview in the show, he, you know, is saying, like, it must be rooted in the fact that, like, I didn't have a lot of friends growing up. I don't really know how to, like, break off relationships, you know, and I guess by doing something violent, my brain is able to break the connection.
0: I like how they try to fucking justify their shit.
1: But at the same time, he's he's forgetting that not only did he do something violent, he terrorized these women for months or years yeah. prior to the actual violent episode.
0: No justification. No Zero. justification. There's nothing you can say.
1: And so then of course when he goes to court and goes on trial for killing this new this this woman's boyfriend, or I don't know if they were together officially, but they had been seeing each other. Um or had you know they were they were intimate with each other. I don't yeah. know the exact terms of their relationship, but they knew each other and they were in you know they were in a sense together. Sure. You know. But he The ex-girlfriend, the ex-wife, the first wife, she testifies at his trial. Mm. um, Or at least makes a statement during his sentencing, which impacted his sentencing. Okay. Um, He wasn't tried for any crimes that he did towards her, other than the burglary that he had already, or robbery that he had already been convicted for. Okay. But apparently, her showing up at this new hearing set him off. And he is convinced, like he he says in his interview verbatim, she is my worst enemy. He gets out in a few years. Yeah. Or he's eligible for, for, for parole in so a few years. So what do you think is going to
0: happen to her? Yeah.
1: And even, she said, even the the boy who, who died, his mother, are consistently, I think, if I remember correctly, the episode said that he was eligible for parole in 2028, maybe.
0: Damn. So
1: in a few years.
0: Yeah, not too far away.
1: Um, And knowing the justice system, it might even be sooner than that. Because it's yeah. not necessarily consistent with what they say right. sometimes. But then again, he murdered someone and he's eligible for parole at all?
0: Yeah. Why is that yeah. a thing? Yeah. No kidding.
1: I mean, so
0: again. No kidding. Because it wasn't even like it was unintentional. It wasn't even like it was manslaughter or, or whatever it is that they call it. Like, what is it that they call it? Like, if you killed somebody.
1: Accidentally? Yeah, manslaughter. Um, actually,
0: it was, yeah, is out of it is? It's,
1: it's not, not, not like, even like it
0: was accidental. My man, fucking in cold blood, went out, killed somebody. Yeah. For no reason literally didn't have it because there's no reason for what control for what yeah for real
1: for what because she's gonna want to be with you after you murder the person she's seeing currently
0: yeah yeah what do you what is that gonna do
1: like you're gonna scare her into submission get the fuck over it my dude
0: like and yeah you're right but why is he getting out there's no reason for that and and
1: now again he's eligible for parole which does not mean he will get out there it does mean that he is allowed to apply for parole or whatever like request parole
0: i hope it gets denied
1: and I hope he gets a night. Now, from what I said, again, his ex-wife and the boy that died's mother are friends. They mm-hmm. get along really well. And they're already consistently working together now to show evidence of not only from when the girl, you know, the boyfriend he killed from his ex-wife, but even prior to that, the the violent and offensive behaviors that he was committing to show proof that he's obviously not going to change. Yeah. And to hopefully, again, get that appeal for parole denied. Yeah. Now, I know this is a long segment. I just... I have a couple more stories. Okay. I'm not going to go into as much detail on these stories as I did for Daniel Thompson. Sure. Really, his story... I didn't really plan on going into that much detail anyways. He wasn't even actually on my list, but he pisses me the fuck off.
0: Yeah, that's pretty shit. But... I would also like to say about that, too, right? Because I think that... It's, and you didn't do this by any means, so I'm not saying that you did this. I'm just, from the standpoint of, let's say, like law enforcement, and I know that law enforcement typically has a really bad rap. Sometimes, certainly not all the time, and certainly not all of law enforcement are bad, or certainly not law, all of law enforcement do not care about these situations. But for those that do... The way that the law is set up, there's probably not a lot that they can do. So for situations much like Daniel Thompson and the rest of the stories that you're about to get into, I feel really bad for the officers that want to help and that want to do so much more than they're mm-hmm. legally allowed to do.
1: Well, and also keeping in mind specifically like Daniel Thompson, early 2000s, um, one of the things that that comes up when it comes to specifically sex crimes and, viol- and like violent crimes is it seems like. Society and times are moving faster than the law can. Absolutely, I would agree. So you know, cyber stalking happened before mm-hmm. there's even laws for st- like computer crimes. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, like these are things that maybe the law is just is not moving fast enough. Mm-hmm. And I don't know why that's the case. I don't know if there's something that needs to be changed in our legislative process. I'm not sure what what needs to change there, but it's obviously something that needs something to be
0: needs to change. Yeah. Something
1: needs to change because regardless, it's not okay. People are committing crimes. Mm-hmm. That are not being taken seriously or can't be taken seriously. Mm -hmm. They like you know harassment and stalking specifically are hard to prove. Sure. Um, for various reasons, but also just in general, it it's there's just not. I mean, it's just now to the point where it's illegal in all 50 states. Which is but some of of these states, some of these states, obviously like we talked about, aren't even classifying it as a felony. Right. Right. Now. I can understand. Well, as we talk about some more of these stories, it'll make a little bit more sense. But again, this show, these are sh- these are stories specifically from the I Am a Stalker TV show yeah. on Netflix or documentary on Netflix. These are real true stories about people who have stalked and people who have been stalked. Some of their opinions or some of the stalkers' like viewpoints are just absurd. Sure. Just absurd. I would imagine. Um so the next one I wanted to talk about is John Anderson.
0: John Anderson.
1: John Anderson and his, um, again, I don't remember the his ex-wife's name, but that's okay because I don't, I'm i am not sure she would care. Sure. You know, she's already shared her story on the show. If you want to know her name, go watch the show. It's sure. a good show. It's not very graphic, but it does, you know, show that both sides of the story. Right. Um, pretty interesting and also just completely like, What the fuck? Like, (laughs) what the fuck? Yeah. You know, like not what the French toast. What what the the fuck? fuck?
0: Like all of these stories.
1: So John Anderson, um, he met his ex wife when he was 32. I remember that specifically. They met like, they weren't, they met like via a blind date. They weren't really looking to pursue a relationship, but things just kind of progressed and they ended up in a relationship. Um, she, the, his ex wife had already had a son Um, and then they ended up, you know, finding out that they were pregnant together and they ended up moving from Illinois to Arkansas. Okay. Um, and that's apparently when things kind of started to go wrong in Arkansas, they had a a tragic accident and her older son from her previous relationship was killed. Mm. Um, now in the show, they discussed that John Anderson and the son were working on the property in, um, I, I don't know if it was a tractor, but some sort of heavy, heavy machinery and John had lots of experience with heavy machinery. But the boy fell off of the tr- the tractor and was run over by the tractor. Oh. So he passed away, unfortunately. And it wasn't his fault, from what it sounded like. Both of them had the same story. doesn't sound like he did this maliciously. It was just absolutely a tragic accident. But as you can imagine, losing a child is devastating. It's tough, yeah. So she is grieving. She has a new baby with okay. him. You know, um her son was only like her second son was only like four months old
0: okay. when her older
1: son passed away. And she's grieving. He has to hold it together because they have a new baby. Sure. But he's also feeling guilt for what he did. Yeah. Um, even though it wasn't his fault. I mean, you're gonna replay every single moment. Yeah, of that. how do
0: you not feel guilt? Yeah. Your child just died. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And he had I mean, the, the son was only four or five, I think, when he passed away. And yeah, most of their relationship, he'd already been together. So even though this was his stepchild,
0: still, I mean, you're you're he's yeah. raising
1: this boy, you know.
0: Doesn't mean you love him any less.
1: So no, it doesn't mean you love him any less at all. Um, so then John turns to drugs. He becomes physically abusive. Mm. They, she realizes fuck, like he's cheating on me. He, he cheats on her with someone, and it just is just not a healthy relationship. Sure. They're both grieving. They're both going through so much. And it sounded like they probably shouldn't have been together. Sure. You know, but, I mean, what do you do? There's a lot going on. You move to a different state. He becomes, again, like I said, physically abusive and emotionally abusive towards her. And at some point, she has enough and she leaves. She moves back in with her mom um, in Illinois. And he will have none of that.
0: Okay. So he's pissed about this. Okay. Yeah.
1: More than pissed. After a few months, he shows up back in Illinois. He's stalking her. He's following her around her neighborhood. He's sitting outside in her driveway in his truck. Oh, you know, he's calling, he's texting, he's calling her mother who she lives with. Let me talk to her. You fucking bitch. I want to talk to her. Please let me talk to her. I know she's there. Talk. Let me talk to her now. Um, you know, and then of course the, the ex-wife is also like, he's calling her, he's texting her. He's showing up at her house. He's showing up at her work. She's seeing his truck all over town. One day he shows up to her work as she's pulling in to park for the, the morning, um, Runs up to her truck while she's you know getting ready to get out of the truck for the morning. She tries to lock the car, but she doesn't make it. He gets in the car. Wow. Yeah. So she's freaking out. She's doing everything she can. She gets out. She runs across the parking lot, but she leaves her keys in her truck because mm. she's just trying to get she's away. She's trying to get out.
0: Yeah. She's trying to get out. Know? Yeah.
1: So what does he do? He jumps in the driver's seat. No. And tries to run her over no. in the fucking parking lot. He I'm, does not succeed, which I'm, is a great damn. thing.
0: I knew that was coming too. Um, as soon as, as soon as. You but said, he left certainly left fucking tries. Yeah.
1: Well, while all of this is going on, he then. Um, you know, she actually had another coworker, like a coworker that was getting out of his car, and they're like okay. in between other cars, so that's why he wasn't able to hit her with her car because she's kind of in between all the other cars in the parking lot. That's good, yeah. And he would have hit one of those cars in order to do so. While this is happening, at some point he stops the car. That coworker of hers pulls him out and pins him to the fucking ground. Good. And there's videos of this on the show. He pulls him out, and then other coworkers come up and they're all just like holding him on the ground while they wait for the police to get there. He gets arrested. He good. goes away. He's in jail now. Uh, well, actually, he's not in jail anymore. He is out Maybe of jail. Out, yeah. um, and what do you know? They have split uh, custody. No. Um, at least as far as I know. Um, they the, have
0: split, You say they have a split custody? Yeah.
1: The episode huh. basically ends with when he was originally put in jail, um, he wasn't allowed to contact her or his son. That was part of his, like, Ugh. you know, thing. He, But that didn't stop him. He wrote her letters every single day. She never responded to any of those letters. She did keep a lot of them. But I think it was more... And even she says, I have sympathy for him, but I do not forgive him. She can understand that he's grieving. He's sure. going through... He's heartbroken. He's sad. But...
0: Which is pretty big on her part.
1: is I mean, amazing. Yeah. I couldn't. Yeah. I, I would never. But all in all... He's not, he's not supposed to be contacting them. She could have turned every single one of those letters in and gotten him in trouble. I don't know why she didn't. I would have. But everybody is different. Everybody processes things differently. Sure. And maybe she will. Maybe she won't. It's sure. not up to me. Um, at some point during his time in, in prison, he appeals the judge and he's allowed to contact his son. So he gets weekly phone conversations with his son, who was like two years old when he went to prison. So he doesn't even know who he is. Doesn't know what he looks like. And the, he references a conversation where his son would say... I don't even know what you look like, Hmm. you know? So when he gets out of jail, he is then allowed to have weekly supervisions, supervised visits with his son. This is a man who tried to run his ex-wife over with a car.
0: And he gets supervised visions with his... Supervised visits visits with his
1: son. son. I said
0: visions. Yeah, supervised visits. Yeah seems a little with his
1: child son, like not a 15-year-old yeah. kid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This just... is not someone who could do anything who could defend himself if something happened, who would no. know what to do if they ran away with him, You know what I'm saying? Like I not to mention yeah. his ex-wife, who has her son the other times, when, when he doesn't, has to co-parent with this man. Yeah. The man who terrorized her and made her so scared, she taught her son when he was an infant, how to hide. If he saw his dad. That was another story that was in the thing. That's so confusing for the
0: kid, too. Like, do I like this man? Do I be afraid what do I of I do? this man? Yeah, you like, know? how am I supposed to? Wow. Yeah, that's a lot.
1: And one of the things that came up during his trial was that he had, um, and his own uncle, actually, in the show re- um, talked about, was he had had behavior similar to this. He, I don't think he'd ever tried to run someone over with a car, but he had had that ob- obsessive following stalking behavior with previous people he had dated.
0: That's not... So,
1: again, this is a repetitive pattern that someone is repeating. The only thing is is that these people that they're now dating don't know about it, but don't you think they would if they got in trouble for it the first fucking time?
0: Yeah.
1: Okay. Um, The next one is David McGee. David McGee is a preacher, or an ordained minister. He... um, is from Dallas. This story happened in Dallas. And he met a woman. Again, don't remember her name, but you can watch the show if you want to hear all the specific details. Essentially, he meets this woman. Again, she wasn't really looking for a relationship. They met in the pharmacy. She wasn't really looking for a relationship, but she thought he was attractive and, you know, thought at least... That they could be friends. And
0: there's no better place to meet a man in the pharmacy. He's a
1: freaking minister. So he probably shouldn't be worrying about anything other than friends anyways. You would assume. You know, they casually talk for months and months and things go on. Until one day, he all of a sudden is continuously calling calling her. He's showing up at her house. He's threatening her. He's, you know, she kind of expressed that she wasn't really interested. She was seeing someone else, as far as I understand. And it just really, she wasn't interested. He right. just became very controlling, very want to know where she is all the time. Yeah. She wasn't okay with that. He was, he was busting out the windows to her house. He was, he was sending her text messages, being just absolutely terrible, following her where she, wherever she could go, sending, like, she, she told a story of how one day he showed up at the front door of her house with explicit pictures of her. Now, it doesn't specify if he took those with, with or without her knowledge, if she sent them to her, if she had sent them to him. But either way, he showed up with printed pictures of her, explicit. And then touched himself
0: uh,
1: on her fucking porch, at her mm, front door.
0: Buddy, okay.
1: What are you supposed to do? How is she supposed to handle that?
0: Yeah, on your front porch and, yeah. Oh, man.
1: That's... Like, she's going to have to Lorena bobbit bob his ass. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, honestly, like, it's, it's ridiculous. When someone says no, when someone says they're not interested... Just accept that. It's not that hard.
0: Right.
1: Like, it really is not that hard. There are m- billions of other people on the planet.
0: Yeah.
1: There's someone else for you if that You'll person doesn't work. It. Yeah. Move on, dude. Now, again, that's just one of the stories. He, he She ended up moving back in with her elderly parents, and he's still threatening her. He's still all these things. What a minister, huh? Um, He is in prison. He will be getting out soon. Um, with the hopes um, that they will get back together.
0: That bothers me.
1: Same thing with John Anderson. He specifically said after he was out of prison, he hoped that one day his family would be back together. So, you know, already right there, hes they're not going to fucking stop. You literally followed this person, tormented this person, went to prison for following and tormenting these people. You're about to get out, and your first thought is, wow, I miss them so much. <laughs> Listen, motherfucker, like, they're not gonna stop.
0: It bothers me that the severity of the sentencing is worse for killing your dog than it is for stalking and potentially putting another human being in danger.
1: Well, putting them in, in, in imminent danger or terrorizing them to the point to where even if you haven't actually done anything to them, they're so scared that you might.
0: Or in some fucking cases, actually fucking killing somebody. And
1: being eligible to get out. That's another thing, too. It's possible that you could get out. If you take someone's life, you shouldn't have the possibility of getting out. You should just be in prison. Yeah. Like, for life. That's what it's supposed to mean. Yeah. That's not what it means. And that's not just in certain states. That's in, As far as I'm aware, the entire country, there's life with parole or with the possibility of parole and life without the possibility of parole. And I feel like if you murder someone... You've taken a life?
0: Yeah. Why are you getting out? Why do you have the ability to get out? Why
1: are you getting out? Like, we're not going to talk, like, for example, we're not going to talk about the death penalty in this episode. That's a whole other thing. Oh, for sure. It's too political for me. Everyone has their own opinion. Believe what you want. Feel what you feel is right. The point of it is, is if someone's going to be sentenced to life in prison, they should be in prison for life.
0: Yeah, this this is uh yeah this is a touchy topic because I, I don't want to say something that's gonna get us fucking canceled, but this also <clears throat> pisses me off.
1: I just want to talk about how for some crimes the sentencing is too light.
0: I would agree with that. That's 110%. it. I'm not gonna
1: get into the specifics. I'm not gonna get into specific cases, but there are cases, murder, whatever, where it's too light, and then there are other times where the sentencing was way too fucking harsh for that that crime.
0: That had yeah.
1: You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, now, the last one I want to talk about is Jacqueline Fagan. She's from Tyler. Texas. Yes. Okay. So, those are two from Texas. There's
0: a, There seems to be a trend. There was a
1: couple of other ones, like one from San Antonio and one from Houston, I yeah. think. Mm-hmm. But...
0: I mean, Texas is a big state, so you got I didn't...
1: Uh... I have to admit, i watched the episodes, but I played a game on my phone while I was watching those because they weren't yeah. as interesting. So, anyways. But Jacqueline Fagan, a woman. It's our first woman. Now I don't remember the exact. Oh, she's the
0: stalker. She's
1: the stalker. Ooh. Yeah, um, I don't remember the statistics that they rec- that they put on the screen in the show. Yeah, and I couldn't really find anything when I was doing research on what the percentage of like female stalkers versus male stalkers is. But I do have to know what I remember is that the percentage of stalkers that are female is significantly lower than the percentage of stalkers that are male. Don't know why that is, but it it kind of goes along with the that. With violent crimes, offenders are typically male versus female. There's gotta be some biological science behind it. I'm not really sure what it is, but regardless. Jacqueline Fangin from Tyler, Texas, she meets a man. Um they don't he actually declined this person declined to participate in the show. So I'm not sure what his name was. I don't remember if she says it or not. I imagine he's
0: probably just trying to get over it and move
1: on. Well, yeah, but he wasn't the victim. Um so she meets a man, they fall in love, they have a baby together, it's great. Well, during all of this, he had actually had a baby with a previous another woman in a previous relationship
0: simultaneously.
1: No, okay. before he met her.
0: Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Okay.
1: Or they had met like right around the time that things were kind of fizzling out with him and his ex. Now, he still had a baby with that previous person and he has a baby with ja- this new girl. Yeah. Yeah, Jacqueline. Um or will be having a baby. And I just picked up my drink and didn't even take a drink of it. So. I did
0: why well, I did I looked at you and I was <laughs> that was I I was like, did she just put it back down? I'm pretty it's sure I just did um, not drink that.
1: <laughs> but anyways, really early on in their relationship, the child from his previous relationship unexpectedly passes away. I don't know the circumstances. So I don't know if it was like an, an accident or maybe something more suspicious. I'm not speculating. I'm just saying they didn't go into detail. Yeah. Which is understandable. I don't know that I would have gone into detail either. So anyways, his oldest child passes away. But over through all this time, he's got a a younger baby with his new wife. And he's still been in contact with this ex-girlfriend. The one that he, you know, their son passed away. They've still been in contact. Some of it might have been a little bit suspicious. Okay. They might have been flirting a little bit. Um, The episode mentions maybe that she might have sent some um, sexy pictures to him. And his new wife did not like that. Well, that would understandably sense. so yeah um she'd ask them to stop con- you know communicating or at least stop communicating in that manner and the ex-wife was not really like his ex was not really receptive to that so so Jacqueline takes it upon herself to bother the fuck out of this woman um I I think now this woman stayed anonymous during the show they they titled her name as Sandra or Sandra. But I don't know if that was her real like her real first name or if it's just like a like a pseudonym. Sure. This case was highly publicized, and you'll find out in a second. So I'm, it's possible you might be able to find her name online. I'm not recommending you do that, right. but I'm just saying she requested to stay anonymous, so we're gonna call her Sandra like she did in the show. Sure. Even if her name is out there on Google or whatever. So Jacqueline one night goes to Sandra's house in the middle of the night, and leaves a picture of Sandra with a pentagram drawn over her face, and a candle that's burning, and it just says, hi, Sandra, and she leaves it on her porch. So the first thing Sandra sees when she comes outside in the morning is this this wild picture. Now, keeping in mind, this is Tyler, Texas, this is the Bible Belt, and Sandra is Christian. Okay. So she gets this creepy picture with a candle and her name, and it's got... You know, a pentagram drawn over her face and she's freaked the fuck out. She has no idea what's going on.
0: Yeah. She doesn't want her
1: kids to see this. Sure. She doesn't, you know, she doesn't know what's going on. She calls the police, gets reported. Whatever. Couple weeks go by. Two days before this before the birthday of her late son, her you know, her child that passed away. She receives another gift on her porch. (sighs)
0: Jesus that
1: is a Like, mason jar with a, like, doll made out of straw inside. And the doll made out of straw inside has needles poked through, like, its head and its heart. Like a voodoo doll, kind of. And then she's... Then there's all these sigils written in, like, red paint on the outside of the jar. And her name and her date of birth are written on the top of the jar.
0: Oh, that's pretty fucking creepy. That's
1: fucking weird, right? Yeah, that's terrible. So couple more weeks go by. Damn
0: it. It happens again.
1: And she receives a scroll on her car. Okay, a scroll? A scroll. Okay. Like on this scroll is a picture of her that is from her Facebook from her friends only album. So an album that only people that she's friends with on Facebook can see. So it not a public picture. It's a yeah. private picture. And it's got some creepy ass Latin spell, Ooh. you know, Damn, and Jacqueline. just some weird ass shit she, written all over she, it.
0: Oh my God. So
1: again, they report these things to the police and this has happened. Those are the three biggest ones they talk about. I assume that there might've been a few others. These are pretty wild. So again, Sandra is Christian. She's receiving these weirdly like satanic, pagany, witchy, omen, you know, gift things. Um... She doesn't know what to do. She's talking to the police. The police are interviewing her. And they realize she has cameras on the outside of her house. And the camera that they're specifically thinking of looks right at her car. Okay. And if they pull the footage, they might be able to see the person that put the scroll on her car. Right. While it was in her driveway. Yeah. So they do that. They see a car pulling up. She says, the the police ask her, oh, whose car is that? It's my ex-husband's car. Kind of what you expect because we already know that obviously Jacqueline is the bad guy here. Right. But the thing is, is, Jacqueline gets out of the passenger seat of the car. So someone else is driving this car. No. Way. Someone else is at least complicit in the fact that they know she's leaving things on people's porches.
0: Well, they would have watched her do
1: it. Yeah. Now they may not know who the person is or why she's doing it or even right. what she's leaving, but they are at least complicit in the fact that she is leaving things on someone's porch. Right. So when they're like, oh, she's like, that's my ex's car, they go and they they question Jacqueline. Jacqueline straight up admits oh. to doing this. Well, at least
0: she didn't lie about it.
1: Yeah. She's like, look, I was messing with her. I just was trying to make her leave my husband alone. I don't understand like why that's a problem. I wasn't like following her. I was literally just leaving some things at her house. Now, again, like we talked about earlier, the definition of stalking doesn't necessarily mean that it's the conventional meaning of stalking. Right. It's instilling fear in someone or, or emotional turmoil right. in someone. So someone is receiving these creepy, weird, potentially death threat, For you know, sure, yeah, messages on their porch from seemingly a stranger. Like, they don't know who is doing this. Right. That's fucking scary. Yeah. Like, I would agree. Yeah, that'd be terrifying. So they interview her and they're like, but hey, ma'am, so we know you didn't do it alone because we have video yeah, of yeah. you doing it. But we also have video of you not being the driver of this car. Right. She's like, oh. It was my mom. Her mother, Jacqueline's mother, was driving her to her son-in-law's ex's house (laughs) to leave things.
0: Okay. What? That's weird. So then
1: you're like, but wait, this is a grown-ass adult woman who's doing these things. Did you know what she was doing? Fuck yeah, she did. She just thought, again... We were just messing with her. It was just supposed to be a joke. It was supposed to be a prank. It's not a big deal. It's fine.
0: That's insane.
1: So, of course, both of them
0: are charged. They get arrested.
1: And they're found guilty. Good. Um, What do they get? Eight years probation. Oh,
0: just probation. Just
1: probation. Okay. But they're also not allowed to contact each other. So Jacqueline and her mom are not allowed to communicate with each other at all during their probation. If wow. they do, it's fi- it's violating their probation.
0: Okay. Well, so, okay. So
1: interesting, but they didn't even get jail time,
0: which I still disagree with.
1: You know, and again, that's what we're talking about with these. Like, the reason that stalking awareness needs to be increased is because if it's increased, the public is more aware of stalking. One, maybe we can prevent it from happening. But two, maybe when it does happen, not only will the public take it seriously but hopefully law enforcement will be able to as well. Right. Whether that's because they take it seriously or whether it's because laws have changed in order for them to have more ability to try these things. Like, people are terrorizing each other or terrorizing someone that they know or they used to care about or whatever and having absolutely no consequence. That's why I brought up Daniel Thompson because Daniel Thompson... Literally said in his interview, that was the first story that I told, I really thought I could get away with anything. Yeah. I really thought that if I could do it, like when he went, he got, he got arrested for robbery and served eight years.
0: (laughs) I really thought I could get away with anything.
1: I really, I really felt like I could get away with anything. Wow. So... I'm sorry for such a long story. No, you're good. It
0: was a good one. I enjoyed Um, it.
1: The last few things that I have here are some tips for what you can do if you you think that you might be being stalked. Um, And of course, again, not an all inclusive list. These are just kind of, this is from the Spark website where they just kind of talk about some of the basic things that you can do. Um, Number one being trust your instincts. Uh, victims of stalking feel pressured by fam- friends or family to like downplay your stalker's behavior. You might feel like people are judging you, maybe you feel like you're overthinking it or being paranoid. Um, but stalking does pose a real threat. Stalking can escalate from being stalking to something more to violent. Something worse, and yeah. if you want to know the, the statistics for that, Spark has a bunch of information on their website for like kind of the estimate of. How many things go from stalking to something more serious. Right. Your safety is the most important part. What is the podcast where it says, fuck being polite? Yeah. Like, fuck that shit. Fuck it. If you see someone on the street, make eye contact. Say hello. You know, let them know that you know that they're there. Whether it's the stalker or just someone that you're walking down the the opposite side of the street of. Less like, just your safety is the most important thing. If you feel like something is wrong, something might be wrong.
0: Follow your gut. Yeah. Trust your gut. Yeah.
1: yeah. My favorite podcast, and that's why we drank, Christine talks about a book called The Gift of Fear. It talks about trusting your instincts. It's more geared towards women, but regardless, and feeling what it feels like to kind of like your in your instincts knowing your intuition, you know, right. and listening to that and honing in on it. Um, I haven't read it, but she talks about it and it makes me want to read it. So if you, you know, it's, it's a thing. It's a science about, you know, listening to your gut. Number two. Call the police if you feel sure, like you're yeah. in immediate danger. Call the police, explain why you feel that like you're in immediate immediate danger, and why that maybe your stalker's actions are causing you fear. Right. I mean, that's the that's the number one thing that you can do because it partially keeps a record, which is number three, keeping a record or or a log of each contact with your stalker. Be sure to document any police reports that you might make. Um, be sure to document calls, texts, emails. When you, if you see them outside, if you see their car, if you, you know, document everything. Because all of that can be used when it comes to pursuing a case mm-hmm. against that person. Whether it was a police report or not. Saving evidence. That's number four. If a stalker... Stalkers often use technology to get in contact with survivors. Saving all emails, text messages, photos, posts on social media, as well as evidence of the stalking behavior. Whether that's pictures of the person sitting outside of your house pictures of their car, anything that you can save, um, you want to keep it because it can be used, again, in a legal case against that person, but it can also be used in order to get protective orders and those types of things, which sometimes, um, from what I learned on I'm the show I Am a Stalker, sometimes it's not considered stalking unless there's a protective order in place. Sure. So even though a protective order may not, like, it's a piece of paper. Everyone's going to tell you that. It's better than nothing, but... That doesn't stop some people, right? you know, but having one in place can make what they do next a felony, which is actually what happened in John Anderson's case. When he tried to run her over with the car, there was a protective order in place because he violated that protective order. It now became a, fe- a felony offense for stalking, you know, um, you know, also consider how to use technology and your devices in a safer manner. There's mm-hmm. lots of information online, how to make sure that maybe your Bluetooth tracking is off, you're not using Find My Friend for certain people. Right. Your apps, um, I mean, I've seen many shows of crime shows where Tinder or Grindr or whatever shows that this person is exactly a mile away yeah, or I've, 50 I've feet away. Lot, yeah. I mean, I don't know how accurate that, that stuff is now. I hope that Tinder and Grindr and all those other app developers are using more better safety measures. Hopefully. But you can't rely on...
0: Even Snapchat. Snapchat, like, if you have your thing on, you mm-hmm. can zoom out and it tells you exactly where a person is. Mm-hmm. Like, down to their home. Yeah. Like, the street name and all that. That's crazy. Yeah.
1: Um, and so, you can't trust the social media, like, the developers of those social media to have your best interests in mind. You need to ensure that you're doing what you can, yeah. you know. Turn off your GPS. Turn off your location. Don't allow people who aren't your friends or even who are your friends don't allow people that you don't trust or don't know very well, or even if you do trust them, you know, to see, just be mindful of who can see your location, who can't and just be safe. Last one, Is getting connected with a local victim service provider. These are people who can assist you in exploring options as well as creating safety plans. So, again, they can, a lot of those places, organizations can offer legal advocacy, crisis management, and other resources that are able to help keep you safe or at least have a plan to keep you safe. Um, Unfortunately, it's taken up onto the survivor, you know, to do a lot of that grunt work and you're already dealing with so much. But that's what those local victim those those victim service providers are there to help with, is to take some of that load off of you and give you the the option to process what you're going through. Sure, that's really all that I I have. I say all. It's been like an hour. Yeah, I was about uh, to
0: say you started this you started this topic off with. Listen, I don't really have a lot of information on this, so it's gonna be kind of quick. An hour later, <laughs> but no, it was a really good topic. I, I just I really again you talking about it.
1: Like I said, whenever I started, it, it was I just really felt like the universe was calling me to share some information. And if this even helps one person,
0: uh, it's it's done its thing. It's done
1: what I need it to do. Yeah, of course, I don't need this to like be a revolutionary, like wow, the whole world knows about stalking now. That's not what this is about. This is about spreading information, sharing awareness. And if one person hears this and it helps them, or if one person hears this and it helps someone that they love and care about, then, our job. then we've done what we need to of do. Of course, one we've spread that. We spread that awareness. And we've done what we can do. All I have to say is Google has a lot of resources available, not just national, international, but also local. So you may even be able to find an organization that's local to your specific area. If not, um, Spark, which is the Stocking Prevention Awareness and Resource Center, has a like directory on their website sure. so you can put in like your zip code and it can help find places that are near you. I know that's at least in the U S but I assume that it's also international as well. Very nice. But if not, you know, again, pretty simple. Just type it in and hopefully you'll be able to find some resources that might be able to help you if you're in um, a stocking situation or fear that you might be in a stocking situation.
0: Sure. No, I mean, I get it right. The world can be a, a lonely place at times so it can, mm-hmm. it can often feel okay. like nobody cares um, but no, I mean, just to reiterate that, seriously, to genuinely reiterate that fact. If you are somebody in that situation, I, I promise you there are people out there that do care. So please reach out for the safety of yourself, for the safety of those that love you, for the safety of your friends, your mm-hmm. family. Reach out. Um and again You're not alone. Yeah, absolutely.
1: Even though it might feel like you're alone, you're not alone. There are people who are there to help and myself included, want what's best for you. Absolutely. Um, we all want what's best for you and we want you to be safe. So if this applies to you, which I'm not saying it does, I hope it doesn't. If you're someone who might be a a victim of stalking, try to reach out, reach out for help, get help, do what you can to keep yourself and the people that you love and the people that love you safe. If you're a stalker and can't take no for an answer. Fuck you. Fuck you. (laughs) Honestly. Fuck
0: you. No, that was a really good topic, Megan. I, I appreciate you sharing that. No, and honestly, I appreciate the information, the tips. And um, yeah, honestly, just bringing word it that's, uh, that's a pretty intense topic. So yeah, thank you. Of course. My friends, that has been the episode. We appreciate you coming out and spending time with us today. If you have enjoyed this episode, be sure to give us a follow.
1: You can follow us on Spotify, iTunes, or anywhere else that you find your podcast. You can also find us on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at WTFT Podcast. We're also on Facebook at What the French Toast Podcast. And you can email us your stories, topics, or opinions at wtftpod at gmail.com.
0: I'm Skylar. I'm Megan. And this has been What the French Toast.